Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the podcast about jujitsu and life on and off the mat. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu brown belt, still obsessed with jujitsu. And we have some very special guests today, don't we? Yeah, I'm very excited. So uh, one of our guests is Jess Sunier. And Jess, you have heard us talk about a million times on the podcast. <laughs> she's actually been on the podcast. So welcome back. Exactly. Welcome back. Also, um, she's, you know, one of the people that tortures me on a regular basis through lifting weights. So <laughs> and by tortures, I mean, you know, helps me get stronger. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're happy to have her back. And then also Miss Tori O'Neill, who runs the Mighty Dames. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. Hey, thanks for having us. I feel so special. <laughs> I'm so excited about this one. <laughs> me too. This will be really good. So one of the reasons we have them on today is that they are both doing a workshop together at Role Model Camp this year, um, and they're doing uh, a workshop on like how to create a better environment, a safer space um, for everyone on the mat. Jess, why is it important to you to create affirming spaces? For me, it's very important to create an affirming space for um, for people, because in my experiences, people who maybe have never thought about doing jujitsu or didn't feel safe doing it or didn't feel safe or comfortable lifting weights, they have a space now. So we're introducing so many athletes to the bar and the mats. How about you, Tori? Part of my reason is I feel like a lot of the people who benefit from learning martial arts come from marginalized communities. And unfortunately, a lot of these communities are ones where um, they just don't have much exposure to jujitsu. Like, for instance, I'm one of the only Black people in my gym. And it, I mean, it's not rare. You see that it's like it's not a combat sport that people are accustomed to joining. So when I first joined it, one of my first things to do is like get my mom and my sister in there just for one class to show them because they're both, you know, women in the South. And they need to learn how to protect themselves, even if they only know little parts of it. So for me, creating an affirming space is important because you're welcoming in people who can benefit the most from that type of training. And if it's not welcoming, they're, if they're already not going to know what this space is and the first time they get there, there's no one like them, there's no one welcoming them in, they're even more likely to quit and not to come back. I think that Rissa and I talked about having you guys do this workshop at camp last year. And we were just like, you know, we need something that well, a big thing for us is that you belong with us. Like you belong here at this camp and I want everyone to feel welcome. And so we thought that would be a good workshop um, to just show how to make people feel more welcome on the mat or in our gyms, you know, like just changing those small and big <laughs> things that happen in your gym that like deter people from coming or from staying or from inviting their friends. Cause sometimes people come up and, you know, they'll say, I really wanted to invite my friend to my gym, but I just don't think it's a safe space for them. Like, how do I, how do I navigate that? So, you know, we talked about it and I know you guys knew each other, um, mm -hmm. but we just thought that you two would be great for this. You know, I've seen Jess's work with her gym, Tori, you know, you with the, the mighty dames, like you starting that, like just a way to make the bigger girls feel more welcome on the mat. So I think it's, mm -hmm. it's everything, like every bit of it from every different type of person and why they need that place where they feel welcome. 
Yeah, Jess is like my new buddy now. Like, yeah, we, we are. Buggy, we bug each other all the time. But <laughs> yeah, I think we met a couple months before through the Mighty Dames. Yep. And it's funny because we both say this. We met at the when we were at the role model camp. We both kind of sat down in the same area. We're looking like, is that her? Like that's her. It's like, okay, we need to we need to break the ice. And I think I had my wallet down, and I have a star. I'm a trekkie. I have a um a trekker. I have my wallet down, and she looks like, hey, nice wallet. It's like in now we can talk about this (laughs) (laughs) stuff first and then yeah yeah that always works it's a great partnership so far yeah that's very good it's very good so i'd like to talk a little bit so i was listening to gretchen rubin's uh happier podcast and they were interviewing a couple girls um that run a company and wrote a book called just work where they were talking about the difference between bias, prejudice, and bully. Mm. Um, And I thought it was really interesting to like hear them talk about, you know, the way they put it was like bias is you don't mean something or prejudice is you mean it. And then bully is you're mean. (laughs) And I thought that was a really good way to like kind of differentiate. But how can we as upstanders (laughs) instead of bystanders, um, how can we help create better spaces when there's people that are have these biases or prejudices or bully, like what are good ways for us to create a better space? So I'll talk from the perspective of somebody who runs a business, somebody uh, also white, um, cis, which means I identify with the gender or the sex I was assigned with, with at birth. So with that said, I, I have a lot of opportunities to have these talks and to confront these things without, uh, with less threat. Because as a woman, I mean, let's be real, in my gym, I know every exit and I know where every knife is in my gym, like no matter who, who comes into my space. Uh, and that, that's just something that we are um, kind of like brought up with. But what people don't know about me is um, I identify as queer and people don't know that about me because I'm married to Chris. So it provides from an LGBTQIA perspective, it gives, it opens also a lot more doors for me as far as experiences. So in my gym, it allows me the opportunity to confront unconscious bias or, you know, things that people don't really know that they are potentially causing harm to a group of people. And I get to have these, these talks from the perspective of, Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to unpack kind of what you just said. And this is your opportunity in your space to maybe unlearn what you're doing. And we give people multiple opportunities. You know, the, the easiest one that I can think of is using pronouns correctly. That, that's the biggest one. Um, we get no pushback in our gym with that anymore because that's what our, I mean, that's what our gym is. Um, we don't even have, like we have a women's class, but we really don't also have a women's class because majority of people in there, you know, it's a, such a mixture of non-binary and femme presenting cis men, cis women, hetero. Uh, it doesn't like we're all in there and we're all cool with each other. So we don't have really those separate subgroups. So a lot more of the stuff that we confront is when 
Um, maybe people come in from other schools. Um, we have our flags hanging all the time. Um, we have multiple people in the LGBTQIA community as coaches as well. So it's representative as a coach. I think it's very important that we just change the culture from a positive standpoint, right? Like I think confrontation is usually not the way we create change. Like when there's confrontation, we tend to dig our heels in. And um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's how you create change. I think you create change by showing people the right way. And, you know, I'm very big on, you know, loving people where they are. And, you know, I don't care who you are. That's, I'm going to love you. And Mm -hmm. so showing that I think helps um, other people create that love as well. So how do you, you know, advise people to kind of pave the way, I guess? (sighs) If you would have asked me pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, you would have got two different answers. I just want to throw that out there right now. I agree that confrontation is not the, is not always the best way, but I do think that it has a powerful role. One of my biggest things is um, for unconscious bias to be a thing, you know, again, we say it's unconscious, it's not unlearned. So like we, these are things that we have developed over a period of time where we're not even, it's so deeply ingrained in ourselves and our society that we don't even realize how big of an impact that it has. So for us to address those issues, it takes a bit of humility from everyone around to realize that I am not right. There are things that no matter what I think, they, they, they might be offensive to other people. They might not be correct. I think all of us can agree if we look back to like our early 20s and we think of things that we believed and we look at them now, we're like, oh, no, that's not. Even me, who I've considered myself a fairly liberal person most of my life, I can look back on, you know, memories on Facebook when certain things come up. I'm like, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, like 22 year old Jess. I was like, I would not, I would not be friends with her at all. Not at all. <laughs> and it wasn't because I was a horrible person or that I didn't, that I was intentionally malicious is that I was ignorant. And I say ignorance a lot. And I don't mean it as an insulting way. I mean, I lacked knowledge and information. So for someone, someone like myself, who is, you know, I'm black, and I say queer, but I'm a lesbian. Um, someone like me, especially living in somewhere like the South, I feel like I have to, it's, it's exhausting because I have to one, be a representative of a lot of different groups, but I also have to I also have to make sure that I don't make myself the token. It's a very hard, it's a very hard line yeah. to ride. How do you do that? That's where the confrontation comes out. <laughs> because, because ideally when people, I'm, I'm talking about white people, when that you want, when you want someone as a token or I'm talking about stri- straight people, um, cisgendered people, when you want a token for a marginalized community, you want them to be pleasant. You want them to be non-confrontational. You want them to be approachable. And I am all of those things, but I also don't take a lot of nonsense. I am, I don't have time for willful ignorance and I don't take disrespect or lack of accountability. Those are hard no's for me. So on one end, we may have some boys at our gym who come in who, you know, those 18, 19, 20 year olds, they might just have, just don't have most PC language. I understand that's a hard age, but me coming from the, you know, the bag of, you know, marginalized communities that I come from, I feel like I'm going to say something to them, not in a harsh way, but I'm like, Hey, you know, we don't don't say that anymore. That's not, that's not a good thing to say. But, um, 
the relationship that I've developed with those people, because I've been a good role model, a good, a good representation of mine, they take me a little bit more seriously. They, they kind of, oh, my bad. I didn't know that. And they stop. So if I've told them once or twice, like, hey, you can't say you haven't been taught. You can't say someone hasn't approached it to you. Now you're choosing to be disrespectful. And then that's when the confrontational court Tory comes up because now you have to sometimes remind people that while you are in their community, you're, I'm their teammate. Um, I'm your friend. I am also a member of a marginalized community. So when you say disparaging things, you're saying them, you know, generally unilaterally, you're including me in that. So when you make it personal for people say like, Hey, you know, when you say things about trans people, Hey, when you say things about black people, Hey, when you say things about gay people, you're including me into that conversation. So if you don't think that of me, you know me, you've known me for years and you would never say any of those things about me. How do you feel comfortable saying that about an entire group? You got to make people think about it because most I'm rambling, but no, you're doing great. And I think that's a great point too. Like, and you know, like I say, I'm not confrontational, but I will absolutely be like, we don't say that, you know, like, yeah, that's that's not appropriate here. You know, like a lot of times it's like, I don't think people say that anymore. I don't think that we do that. Like, let's, yeah, (laughs) we're moving on. So I will absolutely call people out in that manner. And I think that if it got to a point where it's happening again and again, then yes, I would be more confrontational, but I don't think I, I don't feel like I start that way. Like, I feel like I start by just trying to pave the way, I guess. It depends on the degree of the disrespect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, at first is like, what word did you say? Right. Yeah. What context did you say it? How close am I to my period? That all depends <laughs> on how I'm going to respond to you. You catch me on a, <laughs> you catch me on a good day. I'm like, Hey, that's not right. If you catch me on a bad day, I was like, what the, Really? <laughs> oh, we're doing this today. Okay, let me tell you why. So, I mean, again, because I am not a perfect person. I'm going to mess up with my delivery. I'm not, I'm not, I might not always have the perfect message and I'm definitely not the perfect messenger. So I have to realize within myself that even though I am Black, even though I am queer, I'm going to be the wrong party sometimes. So again, we have to be honest with ourselves about where we stand, where are our biases, where are areas that we might feel uncomfortable sometimes. My, uh, me and my older sister, we joke around a lot, but it, it, it's 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 sad, it's not, but we always say like the most, the thing that we're most afraid of this in this world are white men. We say it jokingly, but like, history and our experiences have shown us those are people who have been some of the harshest towards us. So I have to be aware that sometimes when I am around a large group of white men, which is very often in jujitsu, my like my detectors come up just because, you know, I haven't always had the best experience with that group. And I try to make sure that doesn't jade how I am judging the entire group because my coach is a white male and he's one of the best, best people I've ever met. So everyone has their own biases. I believe we all have to be open with them and realize that just because we have them does not mean they have to remain. They can constantly be changed. I want to play a little bit off of what um, what Tori was saying when she was talking about like what you, you were asking, how do you not become the token mar- marginalized yeah. in your gym from and like a lot of my perspective is like there is some personal perspective. But like, again, I go through the world like this. Therefore, I get away with quite a lot. So from a business perspective, 
um, if you're, if you're, or even from like, if you are, if, if you're just a member of a gym or if you have even some pull, or if you're trying to start something at your gym, there is a difference between being inclusive and being diverse. Diversity to me is like, you're taking off a checklist. You're like, Oh, I got my black friend. Uh, I got my, I got my Asian friend. I got my gay friend. I got my queer. Got one of those. Yep. I got those too. The the checkbox, which we see a lot of companies do actually, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if you truly were interested in the LGBTQI community, why don't you have pride shirts up year round? Why don't you Mm -hmm. have? Why don't you have buy binders um, in shops for people to bind bind down down their chests? Like, why aren't these things just part of what we're doing or just part of the conversation? And I think that's where I wanted to go with it is if you want to really start in your gym, not only does it have to be in the contracts, we have no gendered terms in our contracts whatsoever. There are some forms where we ask you, hey, are you on any type of maybe added hormone? Because not everyone who is on a hormone is trans. Like it, it could be a number of things. Mm. Um, and we, we don't say, what are your preferred pronouns? Like, what are your pronouns? It's not like, hey, Jess, what's your preferred name? It's like, well, it's, it's Jess. Like, you, I don't want to be called this. And I don't want to be called this. I'm Jess. Um, so not only is it in our business lingo, like the contracts, not only is it said with our coaches and not only is it represented in our gym, but something you can do just as a person is if somebody makes a mistake with pronouns, I will always default to you did not know what their pro- pronouns were. So you said what what you saw. Okay. But then it if I'm if I'm truly trying to take these steps and you're going to have that anxious feeling in your gut because you might have confrontation, like it's gonna, it's not gonna feel good. All right. But you just stand up and you say they them. Like, are you are you standing up for your non-binary friends outside of just your um circle? Like, are are you are you standing up for your trans friends? And also just because you're non-binary does not mean you're trans. And just because you're trans does not mean that you use binary terms like her and him. There is an umbrella out there. There is a bigger world out there. And man, if we could just tap into it, like if we could just be just just be cool and tap into it because there's you don't have to put anyone into a hierarchical caste system to make yourself feel better. We're Mm -hmm. all just trying to roll and we're all just trying to lift. So mm-hmm. rant over. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're ranty gals. Just yeah, so we realize. <laughs> well, going back to language, because I think, and I, I even find myself struggling with this, especially as far as like trans and LGBTQIA and like within, even within our own community, I've seen people say, oh, we don't say that anymore. Or now it's this. And I feel like, some of that just might depend on the person and absolutely where they are with that. So how how can we to even invite these conversations? Because I think a lot of people are like, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to offend anybody because I don't mm-hmm. know what those right words are. And I don't you know, I don't want to look dumb and mm-hmm. be offensive. So how can we create that space? Because I think a lot of people want to join that conversation they maybe just don't know how or they're scared of offending someone i think you got to be okay with looking dumb there it is yeah i mean like 
I've mastered I think, that. I'm about to say I looked I looked so silly when I started um jujitsu. I looked I look, man, I have real weird proportions where I'm all legs and arm and a short torso. So I was flailing through the like through the air. I looked so weird and I looked dumb. There's like looking dumb is momentary. Like it's just it's just it's quick. Okay, I look dumb then now it's over. So don't be afraid to look dumb. And you need to have these conversations with people that you trust and that you're completely open with what we're about to talk about. Be upfront about your, your knowledge and your limitations. Like, hey, I want to have a conversation about trans people. I don't know any trans people. I might say some words that are wrong. I might some, say some stuff is inappropriate. Tell me if it's inappropriate so I don't say it again. Um, think of it similarly like when we're talking about women in their bodies and size, right? You want to ask, there are certain, men know off the bat, you know, most, they know certain things they're not going to ask a woman about their size because it's deemed inappropriate. How did they learn that? They said something stupid and someone <laughs> checked them for it, right? So think of it, think of, take that approach is like, okay, I want to ask some questions. I really want to know. I don't know where to start. I may say some stuff that offends you and then be okay if that person does not want to engage in a conversation with you. I personally, I'm not down with unpacking all of my traumas every time to educate another person. By the end of this pandemic, with all the things we have with racial tension, I got to a point where it's like, it is not my job to educate white people when they can look on Google. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But after that passed, there were certain people in my life who I was like, okay, you're asking me a question. I can answer it. It's 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 more important for me to to let you know from my personal experience because I might be the only black or queer person you know and you might not know who else to ask. Mm-hmm. So I've started to take that approach to it because um I can't get mad at someone for being ignorant. I have the knowledge but I'm refusing to do it because they pissed me off. You know, it's like yeah. If they're coming at me respectfully, like they're they're from a genuine place, I feel like it's my obligation to give them a genuine reply. Yeah. I've had experience like be, being a coach, um, being a coach in a larger body, you can call it a f- uh, f- fat body, whatever you like. I think fat gets too much of a ne- negative term. Thick girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll start. We'll call it thick. But, you know, I've had people approach me. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh, I didn't know that you were a coach. I thought you would look like this. I would thought you would, I, I thought you would look like this or that. Um, or I've had, I don't want to work with you because I don't want to look like you. And it's just like, you don't work hard enough to look like me. So yeah, it's not, good luck. Yeah, so <laughs> you wish. I, I can, yeah, exactly. It's just like, well, it's not going to happen because you already have that attitude about it. So we're just clearly you're, you're not a good fit for what's going on uh, with how I, how I teach, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just having, it's having that comfort with yourself. I mean, I, I made a post just the other day that I was unpacking 34 years of uh, diet culture and counting macros and being super strict and not enjoying life and not even enjoying food. And then people around me being like, Jess, why, why can't we go eat here? They have really, really good food. I'm like, well, if I look at the menu, it doesn't include, mm-hmm. but why are you doing this? And I didn't have a good answer anymore. To, I don't even think I had a good, good answer before. No, I'm pretty sure my, my answer was before it was I, I need to conform to fit the mold that's, that is our, or my industry, our industry. 
And then I just kind of said, F it. And I was like, this is how I look. And I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. Like I, I know stuff I'm, mm-hmm. and I've competed at high levels. So why am I so concerned with not speaking up and just kind of being done with people assuming things just by looking at me, people assuming things about my health, about my not knowledge, my education, um, if I'm a good coach or not, not, not a good coach, you know, any of those things, because again, that's how we place people in our world. We take a look at them and we go, "Mm, probably not because society says this is what it looks like. You're not thin. Your teeth aren't straight. Your hair is not like a nice blonde or brunette. Also, AJ has like all these qualities. (laughs) I'm looking at AJ. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not naming off AJ stuff. But like, (laughs) like, what what society seems as like, kind of like, acceptable and acceptable. And this is what health looks like, you know? So yeah, I think, I think if you're going to be prepared with creating these spaces, do you have that space within yourself first? Do you have Mm -hmm. that brave? It's bravery. It's courageous, but also it's kind of almost like you have to get to that point of just like, nobody F it and nobody else who looks like you gets these choices to not have to constantly stand up for themselves day after day, hour after hour. So why aren't you doing it? Yep. And yep. What, when you get to that point, all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, you don't affect my income. You don't, you don't affect any of these things. I'm not concerned about this anymore. So yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Confirm. <laughs> so what can, what can we expect from your session at camp this summer. Madness, honestly. <laughs> oh, one thing for sure you can expect this tour is going to be up there in some short shorts because I'm just I'm yes. throwing thighs, throwing like thighs. It. Sweet. <laughs> that we're both wearing the shorts. Yeah. Because we got some thick thighs and we need to yeah, um, put up a quote. Oh, if it if it doesn't clap while 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 I stride or something like that. I don't know. Listen, I've been clapping since high school. Man. That's, These that's things that's don't go away. Like, if you guys don't clap for us, we'll clap for ourselves. It's fine. Hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, so some of the things we're going to be talking about, and Jess, you can um, add your bit too, if I'm completely talking madness. <laughs> when AJ approached us, there was three things she really wanted us to focus in on, and that's going to be race, um, sexuality, but sexual. Um, gender identity as well, and size. And they might seem like very broad topics, but what all of them have in, all they have in common is people tend to judge you based on those three things very harshly. And even in this, even in within the, the jujitsu and fitness community as a large with jujitsu, we love to say that jujitsu is for everybody. But if you look in most gyms, they look very, very similar. Everyone is not in those gyms. So our, our whole thing with create space is how do we create areas where more people feel comfortable training and that the people who are hosting these classes feel comfortable teaching them. So they don't feel like we're making them a token. We're not fetishizing them. We're giving quality training to them and that we're being understanding and knowing our own biases and how this might change our gym dynamics. It might change our business practices. 
but is it worth it? Is it something we're going to buy into? And why is it so important to do? Mm -hmm. Like these are going to be some very, very heavy topics I feel for people because it's not the fun stuff that we want to talk about. It's, you know, it's, it will, it's just not stuff that we want to talk about. Well, me and Tori do, we're all about it. Oh God, I love to talk about this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. AJ, you've seen my Facebook. I love to talk about this stuff. (laughs) Um, But they, but they are things, you know, it's going to, I mean, it's going to make some people think it's going to upset some people and we're prepared for that. Like that, that's what we deal with on different levels every single day. Like was Mm -hmm. it pushback with our gym I've been, I've had things thrown at me. Like when you're so inclusive that you're exclusive, I'm like, I'm not excluding anybody. I think you just feel uncomfortable in here. And you mm-hmm. have to ask yourself why you feel uncomfortable because we have never like slammed people. It's usually white cis men that have said these things to me that like, well, you, you, you can't exclude people. I'm like, well, we're not excluding anyone. We're just holding you account- accountable for things that you shouldn't say. Like, you jumping shouldn't say. Um, so there's that talk that we're going to address on the stage as well. I'll say I've been called everything under the sun um, on social media. I've been called a race baiter, a man hater, crazy feminist. I've been called Marxist, but I don't think you really know what Marxism is. I mean, I have, I, cause I screenshot everything and I share it. I don't care. I've been called the N word multiple times just because of the stances that I take. I mean, I've been called every derogatory term from a gay woman you could think of. And I always like screenshot, like you're proving my point right now. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, but again, that's something that I've had to accept because for as much negative as I've gotten, I've gotten more positive and I've gotten a lot of people who did not know who to come to, did not know how to ask certain questions, who genuinely wanted knowledge. But like you said, it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to say that it's not hard for people, for like white people mm-hmm. to not understand, mm-hmm. especially when you come from a genuine place because you want to help but you don't know how to help without seeming like, you know, white savory. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to like take over the conversation, but you know, it's a weird spot. I get that way with learning more about trans and non-binary people. Like I'm in the community, but like, it's a different struggle. So I can't, I don't want to put myself in the center of it, but at the same time I can educate myself. I can educate people like me because it is easier for AJ, Jen, Jess, it's going to be easy for you guys to reach out to white people and to talk to them about issues of race than it is for me. Because because I'm black, I'm already, I'm automatically going to be seen like it's coming from a biased position. It's going to be easier for some of us to talk about queer LGBTQ issues than straight people, because they're, we're going to be perceived as coming at it from a bias. So like my younger sister's straight, I'll talk to her about that. And she shares it with her friends who didn't know any, didn't know but they're going to listen to her more because they have a better connection. So what we really want to do with create space is find ways to make those connections that, you know, each person they're they're becoming a token now. Like we've had it our whole life, now you're becoming the token, you know, educated person that you're going to go back to your people and tell them what you learned and tell them why you learned it, why this is so important. And if you truly, truly want to grow in an inclusive way, these are tools that you can use. If you don't, if you want to stick to the same stuff that you, look, I've always said, like, 
there's nothing I appreciate more in this world than an honest racist, an honest sexist, an honest homophobe. Just be it and don't get upset when people call you that. Just stick to your guns. If you're not going to, shut up because you're not, you're, you're not being honest. If you want to have a strictly, you know, predominantly whitish gym, mostly male, you don't really want to deal with women. You don't really want, you want an athletic, you don't want a certain body type. Be honest about that so that there's no, there's no, there's no confusion. That's, that's what we're about here is honesty and accountability. Yeah. For me, you know, like a big um, mission for me with the role models is just to make people feel like they belong. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us feel like we don't belong, like in our families, in our gyms, you know, like sometimes even in our friend circle, like we just, we struggle with feeling like we belong. And I want everyone at camp to feel like they belong. And I want them to go home with tools to help others feel like they belong as well. Even with the Mighty Dames, with the group, um, I've had people before they joined the group, that's the first thing they asked me, like, hey, are you guys, it's funny, like, are you guys inclusive of like, <laughs> like black people? like, have you seen my friend? <laughs> 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 nah. Yeah. Nah, nah, no black people allowed. Um, or they'll ask, the big one is they'll ask if it's LGBTQ inclusive. I'm like, yeah, big old les over here. Come on, join us. <laughs> um, so, um, but, but you know, not, not, not all groups are exclusive until they realize they're exclusive, you know? So like how she mentioned, um, looking for that. When I first started jujitsu, I was very, very careful about where I was going to go, who I was going to go with and where I was going to train. Cause I didn't, you, you just don't, you don't know how people are going to respond to that. And, um, once the, <laughs> it's funny, once they found out my gym, they're like, Oh, And that was like the extent of the, of the conversation. But at the same time I had to, um, even when I, even when I go to travel places now, when I first started out, I had to like be okay with it. And then realize that when I go into certain spaces, I might not hear language that I like. And like I said, there's some gems that I will never step foot in again because of the language I heard from multiple people. And there's other gems that I know I can, you know, come there at my, my girlfriend hanging off my side. They were like, Hey, like I know, like I know where I feel comfortable right. and where I'm not. Yeah. Also, when you start to say say it out loud, when it's out there, it's easier to stand up to it. It's easier. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm. If I'm aligning my business with this, then your business, like you didn't buy a franchise. You, right. yeah. we know this. Like we know this with Mighty Dames, Jen. You know this with with uh, Brassy Broadcasting. Uh huh. Okay. Love the name. Yeah. Awesome you. name. And we we <laughs> know this with role models. Like it's so personal to us that if you say these things out loud, it gets easier to do it every time because you have to stand up to what your brand brand is. So I was talking to Shama with Girls and Geese, and that's kind of the situation they came across as well. Is she was like, How do they were balancing that? How do I say that I'm for something while doing the brand was for it? And I think with all the craziness that happened last year, if you look at their page and their website and all that, they put out more stuff about the LGBTQ community, more specific things about like the BIPOC community, about various sides. They've done more of that in the last year than I think I've seen ever before. And they came and I asked Sean about it when I, we did an interview with her. She was like, yeah, I just felt like we 
like you said, like we're inclusive, we're for everybody. And apparently if you don't say that people don't, people, their idea of what everyone is, is much, much more limited than we initially thought. Yep. It's like, oh, maybe, you know, gay men and gay women and, you know, cis men. I, I, so I, Tori, it's something I do want to do on the platform. Like I do want to kind of provide a handout that says here are all the up dated terms. So if you're unsure yes, that we're right. going to use on stage, here's your guide. Here's yes. Here's a big like we like no 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 no. Don't use that. <laughs> you know, I work with I before I was like my my last job, I was a volunteer manager and man, I worked with the 65 plus community. In, it's called the villages. If you guys don't know about it, it's where a bunch of wealthy people come down to Florida. They live there. It's weird. It's a weird place. It's really <laughs> freaking weird. What this is. And man, I'd had I'd had volunteers say colored. Still, I had volunteers say Orientals. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Tori, do you have an on the mat tip for us? Yeah, this might be a little bit like confrontational or people might not. It's non-conventional, but I've just recently started to think about this. I'm starting to believe the concept of balance is completely ludicrous. I am not a balanced person. I give more in certain ideas in certain areas than other ones. And I'm okay with that. My tip would be to be okay when there's some, when things don't completely balance out or level out how you think they should. Because I think what we what we assume as balance in our head is very different than what reality is. In my mind, I should have an equal balance between my family, my girlfriend, my work, jujitsu. They should all have a certain amount of time. And what I'm realizing is from week to week, that is completely different. And it it might not always be, you know, everyone gets 100, you know, they get the, their specific allotted time. That's perfectly fine because I can adjust it the next week and the next week. So I would say be okay with more flexibility and also don't take yourself so seriously. 90% of the time, nobody cares but you. Whether you're competing on the mat and you just got tapped out, nobody is watching. Whether you fall and bust your face, nobody is watching. Whether you invest money and it tanks and you are like, you make a terrible bet and it's wrong. Nobody cares unless you tell them. Just don't take things so seriously and just let it go. I love it. All right, Jess, do you have an off the mat tip for us? Yeah, it can be offer on. It can be an offer on the mat tip. Um, something I've been experiencing lately. As so, I'm just gonna put out a disclaimer that I don't feel old in any capacity. But you know, just turning 36, I'm not recovering. Hey. The way the way that I that I used to, and I think that is a boundary that I've had to put up for myself, and that I have had to actually ask other teammates to put up, or I've had to put them up to other teammates as well, saying like, "No, I will not be rolling four days a week because I'm also lifting maybe three to four days a week, and I'm having enough respect for my body nowadays where I don't want it to break and I want to do it for a very long time. And I say this because I did break and it took such a long time to get back to the mats and I don't want to feel that way anymore. So the hustle and grind mentality of jujitsu, I'm just going to say, if you are, 
if you're not close to the same age bracket, like if we're, if we're looking at 30 and up, just kind of like chill, chill. Not everyone has to roll hard every single time. Not everyone wants to fight through something. Not everyone, uh, you're, you are not less worthy because you didn't roll through something like, and I'm, I'm experiencing that per personally. And I think I've experienced it for the past year where I'm just kind of like, Hey, we're going to do a hard stop because I'm not recovering the way that I should, or the way that I used to. So something has to change and it's me. And I don't appreciate you coming at me all the time saying, why aren't you here? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you here? It's like, because today is a rest day and I'm going to respect my actual recovery and rest day. Good. So yeah, at my non old, old people. <laughs> I'm not old. I don't think I'm old, but man, when you do jujitsu, like you're nine or so for me. And I'm just like, Ooh, nope, nope. That is not the bounce back that I had <laughs> at all. <laughs> that must be the luxury I have at starting at 47. Cause there was never a bounce back. Never. So I've never even known what it was like. Every time I do Muay Thai, I feel like the I feel like the oldest person in, and I'm like one of the youngest people in my gym. Like we go and like in between, I'm just like on the corner, like, oh my God. And everyone else is still like bouncing around, like shadow box. I'm like, how are you doing this? <laughs> I just want to lay down. My arms hurt. I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm sure there are going to be a bunch of listeners that want to connect with you even before camp. So where are you? Where's the best place to hang out with you on social media? <laughs> um, I said I was going to change it and then I didn't at <laughs> boss <laughs> underscore a underscore Saurus S-A-U-R-U-S on Instagram. Don't ever change that. I, I can't right. because it's from Dinosaur Saucers and it only aired for one season. The <laughs> Bossosaur was the main guy. He was a T-Rex. Y'all are... Y'all are She's very back. passionate about it. <laughs> it was a big deal when I was four. <laughs> Obviously, it's 32 years later. You're still just as oh, passionate. About it. About it. So dope. <laughs> Where can we find you, Tori? Dude, where can you not find me? Um, so mostly you can find me on Instagram and throwing straight heat at Tori O'Neill. And I'm also have a Facebook page, Tori the Grappler. And if you want to get with the Mighty Dames, it's at the Mighty Dames on Facebook, Instagram. And we also have a private group. It's um, the Mighty Dames Big Girl Jiu-Jitsu Crew, which is awesome to join. Um, so it is women only, but you know that includes trans non-binary people as well. Yeah, I think that's, oh yeah, duh, YouTube. And you can get me on YouTube at Tori the Grappler and at um, yeah. the Mighty Dames as well. We ha we actually, we have something drop with AJ soon. So yeah, go over Ooh, there. That's exciting. Yeah. All right. We will have links to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you want to connect with me, I'm always hanging out on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen. And you can find me with AJ at Beauty and the Gee Podcast on Instagram. And I'm AJ Klingerman, everywhere you go. You can also find us on Instagram at Role Model Grappling. That's R-O-L-L. -L. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on, on the, the mat. mat.